At least started it. <laughs> you started it. No, I didn't. And okay, then I just replied to Paul in peace. Okay, you be professional. <laughs> Feel that sweet breeze, gamers. That's right. It's the Channel F Hot Game Summer E3 Night Dose Podcast, and I am your host, Funke Joseph, a featured contributor at fanbyte.com. I'm joined by a star-studded crew of Natalie Flores, a fellow featured hi. contributor. Yes, hi. Im- hey, hey, hey. Uh, Imran Khan, our trusty news editor. Trusted is a little far, hey. but I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> and Elise Favis, our fantastic features and trending editor. Hey, I'm the only one that was called fantastic. Yes, you were. <laughs> <my> takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> we also have That's our two true. legendary. Anyway. <laughs> we also have our two legendary producers, Renata Price and Paul Tamayo, on call. And on this special live recording, we'll be breaking down the day's latest game trailers and reveals while dishing out our hot, hot takes. Squad. Although it feels like it's been 1,000 years, it's actually the second night of E3. So I wanted to start us off with a little vibe check before we dive into anything. How are you all doing? What's up? That's a loaded question. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> uh, I was, right? My first thought was I'm tired, but uh, yeah. I'm good. That's a, that's it's a just, good yeah. This yeah. stuff is always fast paced, you know, that you, you feel pretty drained by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is m- like my first E3, so I'm also just like, how is all of this stuff happening at once and like 15 things in one day and like people are always on? It's pretty Well, that's wild. the thing. Yeah. It's like, this th- This is a weird E3 because it's like, you get all the tiring parts with none of the fun energizing parts. So like, mm. it's easy to feel very, very tired and overwhelmed at the end of the day. More so with this one when we're not actually physically doing that much than it is at like when we're actually at the show. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember I would like, I would just skip lunch most of the time because I was so busy. Because yeah. oh I, I like my, my days would be filled with appointments back to back. And then at least by the end of the day, you like go out for drinks or something with friends. But we so don't did you have lunch part, today, so. Elise? Is that what you're saying? I did. Thank you. <gasps> Yay. <laughs> so happy for Hope you. Hope you had some fun. good pasta. Um, yeah. It's yes. weird that we don't have that like. <laughs> decompressing time afterwards (laughs) like i don't know it is a weird buzz but e3's been pretty cool so far this year um i know that we had a few i think this is the busiest day of like press conferences for this weekend uh we had square enix we had xbox and bethesda future uh future games and uh pc gaming show as well there was a there was a lot. So I want to get us started off with Square Enix. I know it was later on in the day, but I know we have some Square Enix heads on this here call. So uh, let's talk about it. First, we have Guardians of the Galaxy. Everyone's favorite game dropping October 26th. Uh, it's a new Marvel action game coming for PS4, PC, PS5, etc. Um, this was one of the longest previews I have seen on something that I wasn't that interested in. Um, but it does look more fun than Avengers. I wanted to get your thoughts on, on just, I guess, this part of the show. Like you you say like everyone's favorite game, but like (laughs) this, this I think looked fine. Like, I think this look, 
as they showed this game, I'm like, all right, this looks like you said, it does not look Avengers bad. I look at this and be like, this is a game I want to play, especially when they got to the the conversation part. Cause it's like this is Edos Montreal, the studio that made the Deus Ex or the most recent Deus Ex games. So mm-hmm. it's cool that they're wrapping that stuff into this new project. Cause it feels like, you know, this is this aspires to be something a bit more than Avengers was, especially since this is not a multiplayer game. This was this is a single player game only. You are only playing as Peter Quill, which is it's in its own way a little disappointing, but at least it's more focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kinda wish you could play as the other characters, but I think you can use it seemed like we could use some of their abilities and call on them to like do special attacks or something, which does look fun. Yeah. And those environments like that those yellow like mushrooms, like just separated in that whole space planet. That was a very fun scape to look at. I saw a lot of comparisons to, Oh, go on Elise. I was just going to say, I was just going to say the environments looked good, but I wasn't, I wasn't like immediately impressed or anything. It seemed like a strange, well, I guess it's a, you know, it's a big, uh, it's a big license to have for Square Enix. So I guess that's why they used it as the start of the show, but it also felt almost out of place for Square Enix. Like, this is not exactly what their audience looks for. So mm-hmm. I was sort of surprised to see it as the, especially as the beginning for the show. I was actually going to ask That's for right. your thoughts, Elise, because I saw a lot of people sort of getting Mass Effect 2 vibes, and I know Mass Effect 2 mm-hmm. is your favorite. Like, would you agree with that? Like, sort of what we saw today? Not really mm. honestly i mean I, I i see the similarities i didn't think that when i watched it mm-hmm. um i mean like you know you have your crew with you and you're interacting with them and then obviously it takes place in space but i feel like yeah that the similarities kind of end there yeah me, so right well it's also um, a shooter well, that like you're not controlling your entire team you're controlling the, the one human person and invoking mm-hmm. your team for special moves yeah Yeah, it did have some interesting dialogue stuff where you could either sell Groot or sell Rocket Raccoon. That was, I couldn't hear the audio for that part, but I was like, what is going on? Like, what what is that? But I I think they're trying to get more of like a a narrative focused thing, like a choice-based adventure into this as well, which could be very fun. Yeah, I mean, um, if you want to know my reaction to it live, uh, you could see that (laughs) in the... um, (laughs) The stream that we did reacting to it live, um, I'm sure my reactions will speak for themselves. Um, but really, like, my disinterest in this lies entirely with the fact that I hate Guardians of the Galaxy and not because, like, mm. I don't think this is, um, like, in and of itself impressive or, like, immediately sort of a turn off. Um, as far as I can gather, like, it seems more of the stuff that people liked from Avengers, right? Which was a solo campaign. And I think if they, um, if they do that well, like if they replicate that sort of experience, well, it could, you know, resonate. Um, but for me, it was kind of like, eh, just cause like, I don't really care for guardians of the galaxy, but I'm glad that they're not making it multiplayer or anything that it's still a single player experience. And I think that there's potential there. I just, won't play I think it, to find out that potential. It's so it's so weird that like Square Enix has these video game licenses for what are like fairly big comic books and like there are movies as well, but they could do anything with them. And what they do is they make the not MCU like the the 
off-brand MCU versions of all these characters and all these worlds and all that stuff. It's like, you didn't have to copy, just straight up copy James Gunn's interpretation of Guardians of the Galaxy. There were other interpretations you could have used. And the answer was like, well, we could have, but we want to make money off people who recognize the movie. People who recognize the movie go out like, that's not Drax. That's not Peter Quill. These are different characters from what I know. So I don't understand why they keep doing this exact thing. I hear that. And it it could have been cool to see them do something like a completely different character design and maybe have the movie tie-ins or similar outfits like Miles Morales does in, in the Spider-Man games where they pull in other comic books and like other like TV show costumes that they can wear. But uh, yeah, it does seem like exactly the vibe as the, as the movies. Uh, slightly taller or shorter characters, but yeah, very similar. Someone in chat is asking, uh, is it coming to Steam or mobile? Uh, it's coming for PC. I don't know about mobile at all, though. They didn't yeah. mention that. Yeah. Um, I will say yeah, graphically, get- it doesn't look great. Like when they showed mm-hmm. the systems at the end, I was like, I'm surprised there isn't a Switch version because this feels like it was made with a sw- with a Switch version in mind. Like just based on mm-hmm. the way it looks. Yeah, it's it's going for like last gen as well. So I understand why it isn't the most like graphically amazing thing. But yeah, it, it's weird that it's not on Switch when it's on so many other consoles. Um, I want to get us moving into something that is not Guardians of the Galaxy, um, but Final Fantasy, a series that uh, has been going on for such a long time. And they just announced the Pixel Remaster series, uh, and they're going to be remastering a bunch of the old ones. This is one of the shortest reveals out there, um, but the first six, <laughs> it was like 30 seconds, like straight up. <laughs> Um, but the first six games are going to be remastered and coming soon for Steam and mobile. Um, and as you all know, I am notably five years old and have never played these games, but I still respect what they've done to influence RPGs and game development in general. I'm curious like, what your thoughts are on this, uh, especially Imran, because I know this has you feeling some type of way. Um, yeah. So I, I've been hearing about this thing for a long time and like... The first time I ever heard about this this like series was when it was made supposed to be made for like a Square Enix subscription service that never ended up existing. So now they're just releasing them into the ether and selling them piecemeal, which is such an insane idea to me as opposed to one collection. But sure, but like this is this should in theory be cool. I don't understand why they spent so little time. They didn't even show any of it. They didn't show any yeah. footage. The only way we got to see the new sprites is by like them kind of in the trailer reel a little bit, like individually, like uh, to pull off this for se- like to wide angle lens, the whole show for a little bit. This, it really feels like Square Enix the West was like trying to spite Square Enix Japan a little bit. Cause this whole show felt like they were going, oh, no, no, don't worry about that stuff. You want to focus on, like, the Eidos Montreal and, like, the Avengers and all that because those are the longest trailers. And mm-hmm. this, like, I wish this was longer than 30 seconds because this is something I really want to see. And more importantly, I also want this on Switch. I do understand why it's only PC and mobile. I was mm-hmm. going to say that I feel like I don't remember if this announcement came out right after Guardians of the Galaxy, but it was very telling for the showcase to spend almost half of its runtime on Guardians of the Galaxy and just Marvel in general and just Western Square IPs, followed by maybe like 15, 20 seconds of the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster. And I think that really encapsulates the show overall, which is like... There is this shift in, and I think 
I think they didn't prioritize the right things. I think they misread the audience mm-hmm. and by putting Guardians of the Galaxy up in the front, doing like 20 minutes of that and then giving us like maybe 15 seconds of something that a lot of people are going to be really into and not even showing any gameplay whatsoever. I think it's just a massive misreading of what people come to Square Enix for. And sure, like Square Enix is growing out to do all these Western IPs, like Life is Strange is, you know, we're going to talk about that and that's a great series for them. But it just feels like a miscalculation on their part. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least you have any feelings on this one? You gonna check this out or nah? I mean, I'm not a big Final Fantasy person, so no. <laughs> but I agree with what Natalie. I I know Natalie. Um, but I, I agree with what Natalie is saying. It's it feels like a weird misread of the audience. But okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also. <laughs> also, yeah. I've I've played only like a bit of Final Fantasy, but I, as I said, didn't touch the first ones. So I I kind of wanted them to do more to like pull me in as someone who's like played a lot of seven, like the remaster or sorry, the remake. Um, like what sure. about these games is going to pull me back into the series and want to check out like these earlier editions. Cause I know it's not going to be like the crazy graphics or like the amazing, whatever effects that they're putting in. It's, it's, it's different things, but I don't, from this 30 seconds, I don't know what that is. Uh, I'd have to do my own outside research and for a press conference where like you're trying to get people interested in these things, it does seem like a, a very little amount of time to spend on like one of their most popular series. Yeah. Like, are they relocalizing these? Like the footage they showed like briefly, like coming off screen was like widescreen, but like, did they redo everything or like they're going to be different? Is, is the entire thing going to be widescreen? Are there options? Like all they said was coming soon. And like, I, I left that with more questions than I came in with, honestly. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. right before we started, Um, going live we were talking about how maybe like the most popular version of each one would be the one ported and it's like we don't know like the fact that we don't know and that we're here guessing and talking about it before the call instead of like having that information for us to talk about is just a really bad move on their part it's disappointing Mm mm-hmm well, let's talk about something that might be a bit, well, I made it was, it seemed disappointing to a couple of people on this call, but Babylon's Fall, um, this game, uh, Im- Imran and Natalie, Natalie, I know that you guys had some feelings about this. So do you want to explain what this game is and what you thought it was as well? Imran, you should go first so because Babylon's, I don't think I'll be very, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the game was announced in 2018 at Square Enix E3 and it was announced just pick our concept art and saying, hey, Platinum Games is working on a new game for us. That was yeah. shortly after, about a year after Nier Automata came out. So like people were thinking, oh, Platinum Games and Square Enix, again, this should be something good. Uh, mm-hmm. It was announced for a 2019 release date. Obviously did not make that 2019 release date. Uh, and when, okay, let's get a little bit, little bit into how the sausage is made here. So let's talk when about we're it. Let's prepping, go. When we're prepping news for these sort of things, a lot of what happens is I go out and talk to sources and I try to figure out, like, what's going to happen here? And no one source you talk to is going to have all the information you're supposed to have because different parts of the company work with different things. So there there might be someone who knows about Babylon's Fall but doesn't know about what that game is up to recently or knows about Final Fantasy Origin, which we reported on apparently correctly. And – 
like doesn't know about Final Fantasy VI or one through six uh, pixel art remasters or whatever. So you talk to more people and you try to get different answers. The things I was told about Babylon's Fall before this showcase were very, very exciting. They were extremely interesting. They were not at all what was shown in the showcase, which either means they're hiding it, which for they would not do for any good reason, or that's just not the case anymore. So like that kind of builds up expectations of things that like when you see stuff like this. I I was not under any impression that it was going to be a weird fantasy anthem that also looked like a compressed YouTube video. And yet that's kind of what we got. And I I went like Platinum Games has a, a thing they do very well. It's almost mm-hmm. never been multiplayer uh cooperative gameplay that's what i think they've dabbled in here and there i don't understand why suddenly that's what this thing has become and there was a trailer for this game in the december 2019 state of play that looked very different it did not have this weird art style it did not have multiplayer co-op it looked like a normal character action game that looked like it almost kind of had some hooks into another series that square enix publishes and i what we saw today about a year and a half after they we saw that last trailer, looks like they at one point just completely pivoted direction in a way that probably assumes this game was in development hell and they had to reboot it for some reason. And I I liked what that game looked like before and I liked what I heard about it before. And that might be on me for being disappointed now, but boy, this game is not at all what I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Natalie, what did what did you feel? Uh, I felt the same. Um, Emron and I had talked about the things that we were expecting, and those didn't come to fruition. Um, I think it's very telling that if you go to the Square Enix YouTube channel or basically almost every upload of this trailer that I saw, besides the IGN one, which was a bit more balanced. Um, the like to dislike ratio on those videos is very, um, <laughs> there's a they lot. They ratioed them? <laughs> there's many more dislikes than likes. Um, and it's just, <laughs> oh, no. it's really understandable. Um, this was a big miss. Um, sure, like part of that is maybe on us for, you know, the things that we hear, not necessarily what the public hears all the time or is aware about. And, you know, maybe we could put the blame on ourselves for expecting certain things but the fact that this didn't resonate and that it has those dislike to like ratios on youtube and garnered all the comments that it did negative comments mostly um from the public just says that it really didn't resonate regardless of whether you had heard different things about what this was going to be and raise your expectations and had to adjust them on the fly or you know, if this was just, like, your first introduction to this. Um, again, it's, like, I, I wonder why they are still insisting on something like this. I think they're still looking for mm-hmm. their own, like, Monster Hunter World kind of success with multiplayer. Yes. And after right. seeing Anthem and how that turned out and seeing how Avengers turned out, it is absolutely mind-boggling to me that they are still trying to make this work um i know that corporations don't work this way of like 
be satisfied with what you have. But you have Final Fantasy XIV, right? Like you have this game that is a live service that will keep selling on and on. Like you don't have to worry about that really. Um, and I, like I said, I get that it's not in a corporation's interest and nature to be like, well, we have this good thing going on. Let's just be satisfied with that. And then you know, pivot to other things. Um, ultimately, the corporation just wants one more money. Uh, but I'm just, mm-hmm. it's not something that you can replicate. Final Fantasy XIV is the games as a service sort of redemption story, but it's not It's not something that you or Square Enix even manifested on their own entirely. It was just like a different factors that played into it um and you're not going to have Naoki Yoshida directing everything or producing everything that seems like it's in development trouble mm-hmm. so you so Final Fantasy 14 like struck gold and you you think they're trying to emulate that uh formula again with this game yeah I feel like they're just still trying to make the games live game as a service work and it's like well, that didn't yeah. work with Avengers. Um, you're trying to replicate what Anthem did, but like do it successfully. That's really hard to do in this day and age. I feel like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just, I think they're just really misprioritizing things and I have no idea why they're still trying to make this work. Um, I don't see this really hitting well with the core Square Enix audience. I'm happy to be proven yeah. wrong. Um but I don't see that happening. And if so, this is just another waste of development time, resources, energy into something that's ultimately not really going to pan out. Um, so, I mean, I, I could be Interesting. pleasantly surprised. You know, I might be wrong. And in like a few years, you could get this clip and be like, Natalie, you were wrong. And I'll be like, okay, fine, I admit it, fine. But <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's going to be I one of those games that like everyone is like, oh, wow, the, the haters eat crow. Like, no, this... This at times looks like a PS3 game. Honestly, like it does yeah. not look great. Yeah. It do, yeah. it does not present well. But one thing that I feel like is at least worth pointing out with with Platinum is their games play like the combat always feels really punchy and good. So like <clears throat> that might be the case here too where it's just like it presents badly but at least when you play it it feels good. I don't know, but um just thinking to my own experiences with Platinum games like that's at least a takeaway I usually have. So I, I really like yeah. Platinum Games. And one thing I noticed with this game, because it's a co-op action game, means that enemies don't react when you hit them because they can't react because otherwise, like, four people beating up on an enemy is going to stunlock them. So, like, you're immediately changing the fundamental aspect of a lot of what these games feel like by adding in mm. latency and what you kind of have to do for a multiplayer game. So, like, I don't know, saying... I'm, what I'm saying is I hope Platinum has figured it out, but I don't think it's going to be like, what. let's just put a Platinum game online because that's not as easy as just doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had no expectations at all for this. Um, so when I saw it, yeah, it didn't look as graphically impressive, but I really dig the aesthetics of this thing. Like I, I, I'm so into the medieval time shit and I think they're doing this well. Um, the enemy designs are very cool. It, it reminded me a bit of, of demon souls. Um, but yeah, hearing, hearing what y'all are saying, that is a bit disappointing that it, it kind of pivoted from its original point of view, but I don't know, maybe, maybe it does still feel good as Elise was saying, because platinum games knows how to do combat. Um, so hopefully that a bit of that carries on into this game in some form or another. 
I like the design that I saw. There's like this dress and I there's a longer developer interview that's available on YouTube and the designer of the costumes and I think maybe some of the monsters um he had confirmed that he had worked on series mostly in film like uh the Fantastic Beasts, Harry Potter, transphobic offer thing um and like other cool series or whatever. So I think that's interesting that they got someone mostly like involved in film to do the like designs for this, but yeah, that's kind of all I got. Mhm. Yeah. The the designs are super strange. You know what else is strange? Life. Life. True <laughs> true colors and remastered. Um, folks, we're getting a new Life is Strange game, which is so exciting. Um, it, it drops on September 10th and stars an empath named Alex Chen, who uses her superpower of hashtag sensing vibes to solve a small town mystery. Um, this game looks very sick, and I've been a diehard Life is Strange fan for some time now. You already know Mandem got the Rachel, Amber, and, and Chloe Price. I have- Exclusive figures. I got those exact battle figures. <laughs> yes, Wait, like, sir. Here in the back, wait—that's you that's like Rachel next, next to Morgana. Morgana. There? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's so sick. Um, how are y'all feeling about this game? Um, so I thought this was the only good part about the conference. Um, <laughs> I, I I saw some people saying that we shouldn't have had such a long look at True Colors this time around. And what? I guess I can see, like, what they mean, but I, I would disagree. I think this game just keeps looking really enticing. I think the... This is uh, Deck Nine Games' first proper take at a mainline Life is Strange, their own unique characters, their own, you know, setting. And I think that is... Even if you were turned off by Before the Storm, like I was, Elise like loves it, so like she can offer a different perspective. But for me, I consider it my least favorite of the series. And even so, mm-hmm. I would I would say anyone like to to anyone that's hesitant over that, I would say that there is still reason to look forward to this and to at least like be curious and be excited because again, like this is their original work. They're not like trying to. Uh, stay faithful to characters already written by another team and so at least for me that's really exciting um I loved the additional sort of insight into Alex and her empathy because I think that is I can't imagine that was easy to sort of communicate in terms of gameplay and like a choice-based narrative um yeah Rebecca Valentine over at IGN she did a wonderful interview with the developers on like empathy as like a storytelling mechanic and how they're implementing that so I recommend reading that um but yeah like for me this was (laughs) the one good part of the conference just because I same life is strange fan huge fan um i know people working on it and they're so excited about it um i can see why the excitement is palpable i really look forward to playing it as for the remasters i can't help but think that there's not much point to them because i don't know i felt like life is strange one and, and just life is strange in general as a series has a very particular style that garnered it attention when the first episode came out and i think the remasters don't take away that style or eliminate it but they 
like the HD remaster they, doesn't really they don't do really much add anything it. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. They look and exactly so, like, the same. They look exactly the same, and yeah. so based on what I've what I've talked to with people, um, you know, it's like like some people are wondering, oh, why isn't Life is Strange two included in this? It's not because Square Enix hates Life is Strange two or anything like that, or like is pretending it's the black sheep of Life is Strange. It's really just that that doesn't need a, a visual remaster because it's more recent. But I also don't think this really needs one either. Like, as we're seeing right no. now, like, Rachel got better eyeshadow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Rachel got better eyeshadow. That's kind of it. So um, it pretty much yeah. looks exactly the same. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, even with the wipe, I'm not like, oh, that looks great and different. I'm like, oh, they, they changed the lighting a little bit cool yeah. they changed the yeah. color of the earring yeah i don't know um, it's a weird and the eyes look a little sharper that's kind of remaster bad. already but mm-hmm. um natalie I, I hear what you say about before the storm um and how you, you kind of bounced off of that but yeah i i feel like i i felt the same way i finished it and everything but it it didn't feel like the other ones because there was no powers like your power was mm-hmm. shouting um, yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I like <laughs> shouting at people this much. Like when you're a white girl, cool. it's absolutely yes. a power, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Life is Strange one brought in this crazy power of like go back in time, and I really loved how that meshed with like telling a narrative story because yeah. you could make these like life changing sto- like choices and then go back and be like, eh, actually, I don't want to do that. Let's do something else. Um, I guess. But yeah, at least guess- you you enjoyed that game. What? What, I did. Uh, what do you think yeah. about this one? Well, I just want to say, like, I I think I'm the opposite with what you what you just said because um, I I really like when life is what life is strange is the most grounded when it's actually not relating to powers at all, um, and I think that's why I liked before the storm a lot was it was just it just felt more real and grounded that way, um, and I thought that the character writing was especially good, um, and I think Deck Nine mm-hmm. just did a really good job of bringing those characters to life. Um, I think Chloe and just like her kind of navigating through her grief. Uh, Natalie, are you? <laughs> I'm modeling for the chat. Cause they're like, Oh, small water bottle. And so I'm like, yeah. you distracted me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like Chloe navigating her grief. Like that was done really well. Um, I thought mm-hmm. the relationship between Chloe and, and Rachel was done really well. Um, it was a good story. I enjoyed it. Uh, so I'm very excited to see Deck Nine continuing with Life is Strange. Um, the one thing that I'm, I don't know, I don't know if worried is the right word, but maybe a little bit like apprehensive about is I think like it's a, it's a really interesting idea to have like empathy as your power, but I feel like that could also very easily, I don't know, be either overdone or come across kind of cheesy. <laughs> um, I, yeah. you know, so like, that again, part of the that, charm of Life concern. is Strange is the cheesiness. I would say there are it's like, it's it is un- undeniable it's, cheesiness. It is corny. But a little mm. bit. But there's a, still a fine balance there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's able to I do know, that corniness, true. but still feel like yeah. good and real because it kind of, like, it has those really solid characters. So, you know, it, yeah. it depends, right? Is this new protagonist, you know, going to be uh, just. Hold resonate on. with us as much as before. Yep. Is the What's cops up, are the cops vibes blue? <laughs> yep. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know what he's thinking. <laughs> oh, um, no. vibes just, matter. 
<laughs> someone fan that in the chat, please. <laughs> um, Life is Strange games are famously about being nosy as hell um, and like sifting through personal digital environments. But this one feels particularly... I don't know, invasive? Like, she can literally read people's minds. What, what do y'all think about this power in, in general? Like, do you, do you think it it will be good or... I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm hesitant to kind of fully fall into it. I think it was hard for me to imagine it in the moment to moment in terms of, like, functioning as a mechanic. But I felt like that interview that Rebecca Valentine at IGN did today gave me a lot more insight on it, which is maybe something that they could have done better about, like, showing how that functions in terms of gameplay. But essentially, it seems to be that it's not just that she's feeling people's emotions. I mean, like, oh, I sense you, like, whatever. Like, she's also... <laughs> um She's taking in those emotions. So, like, during the trailer, they did communicate that, for example, like, one character that is very angry over the death of Alex's brother, like, she can sort of take that anger, but there's also the dilemma of, like, like, in this scene right here, um, there's a mm-hmm. dilemma of, like, how poisonous that anger is for her and how it manifests in her and how can she balance taking in all of these emotions from other people while also like trying to use her powers to actually help others and I think that's going to be interesting and I don't think before today I had a good grasp of like what they intend to do but again I think that interview was really well done um as our that's probably that's probably the most interesting part to me about the empathy power is mm-hmm. how does it how does it affect Alex? Like, yeah, you know, because it's not just about I think what it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how it balances all that of her trying to understand the people around her. But through that, also understanding more about herself is, I think, how they could pull that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, how she interacts with those emotions. Right. True. Imran, yeah, Imran. Do you have any thoughts? Hmm? I, I'm interested to play it. I like, I, you guys, Elise mentioned how she was into Deck Nine's previous game. And like, I thought that game was good too, but I liked Life is Strange 2 a lot. So for, uh, I've completely spaced on the name of the developer, but for them to, don't nod. uh, look, don't nod. Yes. Uh, for like, I, I would have liked a new Life is Strange from don't nod. I am interested to see how, how Deck Nine takes this and like where they take it. But the trailers so far have been like, I don't know. It's 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 sort of like they keep emphasizing the same thing. It's like she's an empath. She understands emotions. That's that's the thrust of the story. And I'm like, okay, I can kind of get where you're going with that. Like why you want that to, why you see that as a storytelling device. But it's going to depend a lot on like how if it is literally just like incredible Hulk style wandering from town to town and by town to town, I mean person to person solving their problems. That's going to be a little boring for me, but I want to see what they actually do with the overarching story with it. Right. I think they've mm-hmm. had to develop what do you mean by an empath? Because like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people like looked at this game and like when it was first introduced and they're like, Oh my God, me too. I'm such an empath, just like <laughs> Alex. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, yes. I, I have thoughts about, like, labeling yourself as an empath, but, like, ultimately, this isn't just, like, her being able to understand why people feel the way they feel. It's, like, her literally taking in those emotions and them affecting her like they would affect the other person, or, like, at least in a similar way. So um, I think they've had to 
sort of communicate a bit better about what they mean by an empath and like how that functions mechanically in a video game. But I think they've, at least today, I felt like they, with the interview and with the trailer combination, I think they did a good job of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the game drops on September 10th, so they still have a bunch of time to, I guess, let us know what that's going to be, or yeah, do another trailer or something. Uh, yeah, and I I back to the remastered, which are also available in with the True Colors, I think Ultimate Edition or something. Um, yeah, I I don't know if those are necessary, but I'm always hyped to have more people play those games if they've never experienced them because I do think they're really really cool storytelling games like graphic adventure. They Tell some cool stories about people that don't really get like these kind of airtime in games. Um, so I'm very excited that that will be available for a wider audience. Um, any final Life is Strange thoughts before we move it on? I don't think this time, like, like this game needs that much advertisement, honestly. I feel like mm. I've got, I saw everything I needed to see about this game in the first trailer. After that, they didn't really need to sell it on me anymore. I'm just curious, like, how the final game is going to play. Mm-hmm. I think they might be sort of erring on the side of caution because I think there is some convincing that they need to do in terms of, like, Tech 9 is writing and developing this, not Don't Nod. So I can. I think it is more why. about Life is Strange 2. Because, like, Life is Strange 2, mm-hmm. as much as it, that was a really good game, I don't think Square Enix is super happy about the sales of that game. Especially because yeah. the, they intended it for mm-hmm. it to take right. six months, and it took a year and a half or something. So, like, yeah. I think they're trying to get those last fans, especially, like, there are fans who just checked out immediately on that game because it did not star teenage girls. So, I think there yeah. are people who, like, Square Enix is trying to say, hey, we brought back what you liked about Life is Strange. Mm. That's like, it's, because, like, and again, another interview that Rebecca did with the developers, like a quick article that she did based off that interview um, that came out today is about how diversity and inclusivity really is sort of the foundation of Life is Strange. And that was something that I talked about with Christian Devine, which was the lead writer on Life is Strange 1 and 2 when Life is Strange 2 first came out. I spoke with him in an interview for Pace Magazine Um and it's it's just disappointing that like people looked at two Latino brown boys and were like, oh, they're not white girls, so like we're not interested. Um, so hopefully, yeah. this best of both worlds. You know, you've got Alex Chen, you've got an Asian American bisexual woman. Hopefully, that you know will work, and you know sell well um i think life is strange too just really suffered because it functions like a road trip while life is strange one really returns to a lot of the areas that you see in other episodes so essentially the team was making five different games back to back like one after the other that's the impression that i got when i talked to the director the co-director um michelle coach um and so he said like yeah it was I understand why people were upset with the wait, but we also essentially had to make five different games because they all take place in different settings, right? So you're essentially... And they don't go back to those environments as well because they're on the run. Yeah. Yeah, and so that took a really long time to develop and people were just not kept in the loop about it. So a lot of people were like, yeah, I'll just play until all of them come out and then other games come out. So it's unfortunate, but yeah. I'm glad Mm. this is not episodic. Um, yeah, I think that could maybe this also is because work in of its that. favor. 
This yeah. is directly a move because of that, I would say. Um, because I saw the sales to Life is Strange 2, realized that episodic might not be the way to go. Um, I think they knew they had a good game on their hands, but ultimately yeah. that is really what affected sales. And so I think Tell Me Why, also created by Don't Nod, and I think this these are direct responses to that so that they can avoid having that happen. Absolutely. It's such a shame about those sales because one, the story is so deep for the Life is Strange 2. Okay. And also I just really dig episodic things. Like I love getting one and being like, oh shit, like what's going to happen next time? Like I got to wait, wait a week or two and then I get to know. Um, that's really exciting. And like with the streaming age, I feel like so much of that is lost because everything is dropping in like mini series where it's like 12 episodes or and it's all there at once and you kind of have to binge content. But I really do miss that kind of spacing out and waiting um but yeah i I mean this game still looks awesome and i'm still gonna play it so (laughs) yeah september 10th all right moving on folks if you would believe it there was another final fantasy game shown at this square enix conference (laughs) final fantasy (laughs) origin stranger of paradise which i really like that name it's fun Imran, I know you broke this story back in May um, about the upcoming FF action RPG. Do you want to tell us a bit about it and its button-up t-shirt wearing protagonist? So, I mean, basically what we said in the story, what I, yeah, what we reported originally is correct. It is a Team Ninja made action game uh, for based in the Final Fantasy 1 world. Uh, that's more or less where it ends, though, because I did not expect how this game looked and played. Uh, it is it is somewhat Neo-like in that it is a slower-paced action game, apparently. I would love to report more on the gameplay, but there was supposed to be a demo today that just straight up just didn't work. It just didn't fucking work. And, like, I don't... How do you... How? How do you do that? Very How did it work? Fall. Yeah, like... How? Hmm. But yeah, so this game is a game that takes place in Final Fantasy One's world, and at the end they talk about like, oh, cool, it's Garland. Garland's gonna be like the villain, and they say chaos like seventeen times in a row. Like mm. each sentence contained the word chaos, and then I'm gonna kill like, chaos. People started naming like, in the chat Garland. when we started the segment about chaos. Like, <laughs> like they show the main protagonist whose name is. Jack and his two friends who I shit you not are named Jed and Ash and they're like Jack is just a dude like I assume it's supposed to be like an isekai kind of thing where Jack is a normal guy who for some reason is now in the Final Fantasy 1 world but like <laughs> they couldn't have gotten him like a better costume than a Henley like he he straight up looks like in every like PS3 open world game, like that character that they're like, we really think our main protagonist will speak to the audience with his uh, interesting design and his voice by Nolan North. And like Jack is <laughs> not at all interesting, even a little. So when you see him clash with Garland, it's just like really weird thing of Garland who has this like over designed armor, like fighting this dude in like what he might wear to his friend's barbecue. And I don't understand like what this, what this demo or what this like. They called it a bold new vision for Final Fantasy in their uh, tagline. I don't really get what their bold new vision is. Like, what is this game supposed to be? Like, fuck. Mm-hmm. What's a what's the name of the protagonist in Final Fantasy sixteen? Is that the bold new version where we just got like protagonists with like really white names? Like, they couldn't even make him Jack. <laughs> 
It's Jack. <laughs> Jack. Like Jack, Jet, done, Jet Jack. and Ash. Yeah. And Ash, Jack. like, with an E at the end, like, Final Fantasy XII's Ash. Like. Yeah, yeah they couldn't even do that. It just is Ash like Ash Ketchum. <laughs> yeah, I like the guy. Is Ash the one that looks like Cloud with pink hair? Um, yes. That dude's pretty cool. <laughs> nice. Which, speaking of, this game is a PS4, PS5 game. It does not look as okay. good as like most PS4 games, I'd say. Like these character models look like a decent bit below FF7 remake, the PS4 version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this could be like PS3 when I look at it. Like I wouldn't like, is, like in action, I wouldn't maybe go that far. That but like yeah, that, this conference. Like just like Square yeah, Enix is is known for, you know, at once it was like a lot a lot of the reason why people came to Square Enix, right? Like cutting edge, like visuals and whatnot. And it's like, well, and then you show up to the C three conference with two PS3 looking games and <laughs> Like, did they spend all their money on FS7 remake? Is that what happened? Like is Square just not prepared to have a two parallel Final Fantasy series running. They're like, oh shit, we ran out of money. What are we going to do? Take all of it out of Babylon's Fall and Final Fantasy Origin, Stranger of Paradise, and Funky, I know you like that name. It's the dumbest name. It's such a dumb name. I I can't. Like, <laughs> Stranger so- in Paradise, I can buy, but like, Stranger of Paradise, what? What the- What are you talking Someone about? Said it- Someone in chat said it sounded like a reality TV show. And that's true, <laughs> yes. but that's why it is good. Oh, Funke, you are you're the best of us. Really. They should call it Final <laughs> Fantasy Origin Co- Chaos. Ooh, yeah. I, I know Chaos they say Chaos too much. Chaos Chronicles, that sounds like a real game. I know they say Chaos too much, but I really love that intro. Like it just starts as like him being like in a gruff voice, I'm gonna kill Chaos. And then he starts slashing shit. That is very cool. You can't go wrong with saying that line at the start. But yeah, it doesn't look that visually appealing uh at all, really. I I do like, as I said before, I'm a sucker for castles and shit, and there are castles and shit in this game. Um but yeah, the combat also I, I don't know, I didn't really see anything connecting in a way that was like super satisfying. Um but I mean, I mean, hopefully, hopefully it, it, it shapes up soon. Um, I mean, I'd love to tell you how the gameplay goes, but they still haven't fixed the demo. I, it's been hours. And like, did they not know it doesn't work? Like, I, <laughs> what, what happens sucks. when you it's, try to play it? Uh, it won't it's finish the download, right? period. Yeah, the, <laughs> their file is corrupted and they it just won't finish the download. That's insane. It's like, oh, my God. I guess also part of this is that E3 is on a weekend, so like maybe the this people a, who are just not like that's just publicly it's like you should available. have this ready, you know? Yeah. Like this is months mm-hmm. in the works. You when you plan for E3, yeah. it's like even this weird E3. Like this is a weird E3, but like you know, if you were if you knew that you were going to show it here, like you you want to assure that the demo that you advertise works. It really yeah, feels like Square Enix got E3. ready for this E3 by like the same way I get ready for school when I sleep in late of just like, I just <laughs> toss whatever <laughs> my backpack. Hopefully I hope these are the right papers. Let's just go. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, this does seem very strange though. I kind of like how weird it is, but yeah, hopefully it, it cleans up soon because, yeah, I want to see what it feels like. And hopefully that demo gets up so we can do some sort of video or article on that soon. 
Um, but yeah, that's strange because it's a digital E3 and you would think, especially since there's no booths and you can't have something heavily curated with like someone PR standing next to it, like anyone can download this, but now nobody can download it because there's an issue and it kind of leaves people just sitting there like what, especially with this footage where you're like, Oh my gosh, you're doing something very bizarre, but we can't really play it. And we have a lot of questions. Yeah, Paul is saying first bite in the chat and like, we had plans. We were like, oh yeah, let's going to download this. We're going to do a first bite. It's going to be so cool. We're <laughs> right, right when this thing comes out. And I'm, like I sent you a message saying, I'm downloading it. Let's get ready to go. Then a minute later, actually, no, it doesn't work at all. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, that's, a that's uh, it was quite surprising. But hey, we'll be on that first bite as soon as it's possible. So Chaos. stay tuned for that on the fan bite chaos youtube channel um that we just started (laughs) (laughs) um yeah do we have anything else we wanted to mention from the square enix conference before we move on to the other ones for today i think it's it's time yeah is a bad time yeah Yeah. and it sucked (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) maybe not the worst presentation uh... i've ever seen but it's up there yeah what a what could they have done to make this a better event? Do you An think? entirely different event. They should have just not had it. Honestly, like <laughs> put put some of this stuff in state of play. They didn't need to. Sony was like, I mean, nah, yeah, they they, they, they didn't been, like, have nah. to, right? Yeah, they could have mm-hmm. just announced some of these alone and not have had a conference. Uh, Especially following up after Microsoft and the conference they had, it's like, I mean, maybe you yeah. should have skipped out. Yep, it's Microsoft time. Um, yeah, so back for Blood, we're seeing footage of that right now on the Twitch stream, which if you're listening to this audio file, you can check this out live on Twitch, 9.30 p.m. EST for the next couple of nights. Um, yeah, I don't have too, too much to say about Back for Blood, but as a Left 4 Dead diehard, I'm still intensely excited for it. So they, they revealed some PvP stuff, which was pretty new, and it looks mm. very similar to the asymmetrical multiplayer of Left 4 Dead, where players take control of the zombies. In this game, they're called Ridden um, and fight against survivors. Uh, I know when this drops that I'll be diving into it. Are y'all interested in this at all? Uh, and if not, what could they do to pull you in? So I have, uh, according to Steam right now, I have 1,132 hours in, in Left 4 Dead 2. And all of that is because oh, of go. the PvP mode. What I saw of the PvP mm. mode today is extremely disappointing for me personally. And I think I told my friends about it. And they're also like, well, looks like we're not getting back for blood because I didn't play this game for the main campaign. I played it because the PvP mode of survivors try to run to the end of a stage while other human characters playing or human people playing zombies were like trying to stop them. This is somewhat that idea, except the survivors don't go anywhere. It's now just a horde mode. And like, they expressed mm-hmm. in that thing that it's like, oh, we wanted to get away from what Left 4 Dead did. And it's like, no, I liked what Left 4 Dead did. You don't need to get away from that. You need to actually just straight up copy it. Because I, I want it Left 4 Dead, but with new graphics. Yeah, Paul and Chad is talking with the director as well. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, th- I feel like they have kind of shown this footage on a couple of different conferences at Xbox. They showed it and also at the Warner brothers one. Um, and it's like, we, we know what the game looks like. I kind of would, if anything, just like to play it a bit more, but I'm, I'm yeah, pretty satisfied on everything around it. Uh, yeah. we know it's zombies and stuff. <clears throat> yeah. 
Yeah, I'm. Yeah. My interest is peaked. I won't say anything, or that it's anything more than that. But I'm willing to try it out. It has a card system that they haven't advertised too much in the trailers, from what I've seen. But we'll see how that. Yeah, I'm out. surprised they haven't advertised that as much because from the alpha, like that was pretty fun to see, like how that worked. Because Left 4 Dead doesn't have any card system at all if you haven't played that game um and this one is introducing those as kind of like to spice up each run which you couldn't really do to that degree for the main uh campaigns of left for dead uh so i am interested to see like what how the, how much those affect that and if those are like fun or annoying because it could easily be annoying and it could easily be very fun i think they're at risk of overcomplicating a little bit like it doesn't there's mm. I don't think Left 4 Dead was simple because they like just couldn't crack the case or they couldn't figure out how to make it more complicated. It was simple because it, they thought it should be better when it's simple. So like I, I'm wary of adding things like a card system for the game because like does it mm-hmm. – you have to prove to me this game needs it more than it proved to me Left 4 Dead didn't. So it's just such mm. a blatant – I mean it's made by – a lot of the same creators right it's just such a blatant copy of it so it's like they we kind of need something to set it apart and i, I wonder how the card system will work out successor i suppose but yeah yeah um but they also say at the top the of PvP? everything made by left for dead's creators yeah mm-hmm. isn't the put pvp oh, supposed to still kind of be like the versus mode in left for dead I, I was reading colin's write-up of it and he was saying that it's like it's more horde mode than like running so it's huh. it's in okay. theory it's the yeah. same in that like it's zombies versus humans but like yeah, not the right. same in that you're that moving way. places yeah yeah okay. it's yeah, that's a, that's a but leopard leopard two also had multiple multiplayer modes so this could just be one of those hopefully this it's not just horde mode because yeah imran running around and like having a like a human who's playing like a hunter just around a corner waiting for you with like uh, just more of a, a, a distinct, like, I'm going to get you player than the director is very fun. Um, yeah. So hopefully they can do that. And a lot of the zombie types in this game look cool and look like they're building off of all of the types from the original Le- Left 4 Dead series. Um, but yeah, it, it, it could get too complex, which I, I really hope it doesn't. Because this this type of game works so well for me, and we're going to be talking about another similar kind of four player shooting a bunch of people game later on in this, uh, which I know we're all excited about. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'm glad that there's going to be another game like this coming out there's, soon that I can finally just play. I mean, there was that game yes, like- in like the uh, the Koch Media briefing that I forgot the name of, but Chet Falasek from Valve is writing it. So it like at least has mm. that at least has the writing from Left 4 Dead. So that could be, you know, also interesting. It feels like there's a bunch of Left 4 Dead spin-offs, like spiritual successors, just now existing that I'm not sure any of them are gonna get quite exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. Just what mm. you want is I do at feel least like what there, there are Yeah. I was gonna say though there I don't feel like there are a whole lot of co-op horror games, you know, whether they're shooters or not. I, right. So yeah. whenever like one does come around the corner, I'm just like, okay, I'm paying attention to that because that is absolutely my thing. So that's what originally what got me interested in Back for Blood. Like A, because I like Left for Left for Dead, and B because you know just just because of the genre. So just and just because there's not that much out there, you know, I think I think that also entices me more towards it. So 
Yeah. I, I, my friends were playing this game called GTFO, which seems to kind of scratch that itch. It is very different aesthetically, but it is a horror co-op shooter that I got to check out soon to like kind of tie yeah. me over. I also had that on my These radar. are very fun. Yeah. Yeah. I really like, I played Left 4 Dead a, like a year ago when uh, they did a little update, but a lot of the fun I had for the, from this, these games I'm realizing is from the modding community who kind of just like took that game and like took it apart and just added anything in the Steam Workshop to to make it the most bizarre thing ever. Um, so hopefully that they they do the same kind of thing with uh, Back for Blood and really open it up for people to be able to change what the zombies look like or what the protagonist looks like because. Uh, changing those things and also changing like sound effects made it a completely different game. Like when I played it, I played uh, Fall Guys mod and I was playing as uh, Deadpool and all the zombies were like Fall Guys and it played like <laughs> oh it, it, it played random like video game music when I was like healing myself or stuff. But it was a very customizable experience. So hopefully that carries on because I know a lot of people care about that. Yeah. Also, this game yeah. is on Game Pass. So like even if it's not great, it's it's on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we will see for a lot of the other games we're talking about today. But it, it seems like Game Pass is getting hitters upon hitters on launch for the next long time. Um, uh, Super exciting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want us to move on to uh, Starfield. We saw the first in-game teaser of that one. Uh, we got to see Starfield, the space Garfield simulator. It was amazing to see Garfield so crisply animated in spacesuit. The ray tracing on the fur was... One second, I'm getting a production note. Um, the the game was not about Garfield? Oh, okay. Oh, there, there are cool mechs in it, though. Okay, all right. Um, that's on awesome. Board? I'm, I'm for it, I'm for it. Uh, they've been teasing this game for a minute, uh, and this trailer got leaked before the event, um, so it wasn't a huge surprise, but what did y'all think about this? Um, are, are you excited for this gray-yellow space adventure, which we haven't really seen too much about? I love when something I like feel this like, happens. Oh. Uh, sorry, oh, I feel like uh, this, this is kind of a theme with a lot of the things at Microsoft show, but it's difficult for me to know how how I feel about this game. Because all I saw was like, this is not a CD trailer. This is an in-game what an engine trailer, whatever, not gameplay. But I don't. All I know about this game is that it's in space, and Bethesda's making it, so it probably plays a certain way. And I think that's that's cool. But also, it doesn't really give me a good idea of like if I had seen what I expected to see of like a first person Mass Effect style thing or like a fallout in space kind of thing or whatever I'd at least know what I'm looking at but all I really know here is like okay it's in this reasonably proportionally relatively near future and that's kind of it yeah yeah there's not there's not enough to go on I mean there was a there was a story in the Washington Post about it and it was like the big takeaway even there was to, yeah, Washington Post who also leaked it anyway <laughs> um but <laughs> Did you like, work there or something? It's possible I used to work there. <laughs> and they just leaked an E3 opener. Yeah. Uh, so my former employer uh, talked about Starfield, talked to Todd Howard, talked to Bethesda. And the big takeaway from even that piece was just, this is Skyrim in space. And I'm like, okay, that 
really doesn't tell me anything, you know? Like, yeah. that's that's what we figured already. Um, and the in-game <laughs> yeah. trailer is is essentially the same thing. It's like these slow pans of, you know, a space, you know, a, a rocket ship and a space, you know, a space station, whatever. It just doesn't, it doesn't tell me anything, but knowing Bethesda's track record, knowing Skyrim and stuff, I, I'm assuming that uh, it's going to be interesting, at least to say the least, you know, it's going to be ambitious from the sounds of it. Um, but exactly how that pans out and exactly what that looks like, it's, it's just so early to say anything Mm -hmm. i love when something like this happens because i have missed out on so many video game cultural juggernauts as a five-year-old that like when i see everyone freaking out over starfield and someone at wapo by complete accident nobody really does that on purpose and suffers that sort of connection on purpose because i saw like comments on twitter and it's like no it happens completely by accident um Mm -hmm. Just an error. Yeah. To, um, to be clear, that I, was a that was a complete yeah. accident yeah. on their part. Completely. No, that said, if Bethesda gives us trailers in the future, we're not going to leak anything, so you can trust us. Bethesda, if you're yeah. watching, Todd, we got you. Please tap into fanbyte.com. <laughs> we do yeah, not I write in the CMS. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> I mean, I do, I but I I, I yeah. live dangerously. But Todd <laughs> Howard doesn't like me anyway. Because one time at a party, I was like, hey, we're the same height. And he just looked at me and just walked away. <laughs> Did you say that? Did yes. Did you say that to him? Yes. Because we're the same like height. That. It's a good icebreaker, I think, or I thought that was the case. Yeah. Well, especially when you're looking eye to eye. How can you just turn around? That is yeah, shocking. <laughs> but Natalie, what were you saying? Sorry. But- yeah, that I, I love when this happens because like I have never played a single second of a Starfield game in my life. And I just love getting paid to write about video games and not knowing what the fuck they're about. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, especially at E3 when there's like a, you realize there's one billion games and we've only played like such a fraction of it. Like everyone has only played <laughs> such a fraction of that. Um, but I mean, they're all here and they're all happening. But yeah, I... I have a weird feeling about just games that kind of just had a title card a few years ago, but they're being teased like each year at E3. It's like, why didn't you just like not tell us and then tell us later? I I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't well, really like that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Emerson? This game is this game is weird in that, like, we now have a really we have we know more about when this game is out than we know about the game itself, really. Like, they straight up said, this game is coming out to the day 11 years after Skyrim on 11-11-22. That's, that is, I get, maybe it's like a movie kind of thing where they know they'll be long done by that date, just a matter of releasing it. But it's very interesting that they've committed to that date and they have not committed to the release of Halo Infinite yet. Hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But I, I mean, it it looks good from what we've seen. But I, yeah, I, I would have loved to see some gameplay at all. Because, yeah, we know it's going to be a Bethesda type of game. But what does that look like in space? Uh, how are they changing their formula? That's what I'm particularly excited with. Because those games feel relatively samey. Um, and I, I don't know. I'd like to see them really do something fresh for this. Um, in the meantime, but- you can go play The Outer Worlds, which is Fallout in space. And it's very good. Yes. That's also one of the about- interesting things. Like 
Microsoft now owns Bethesda and they own companies that also make Bethesda style games. So now we just have like a bunch of Bethesda games in the same conference as Bethesda. Like honestly, Avowed wasn't there this year. And I think one of the reasons Avowed wasn't there is because it would have just been overload on this exact same style of game. Yeah. To be fair, like Bethesda's presence at this conference just made it so much better. Like, I think that's what yes. elevated it to like, oh, shoot, this this was really good because of Bethesda, all the games that they showed. It it made it better, but also it makes it so like Bethesda can't talk about anything that doesn't necessarily benefit Microsoft. So like we didn't get any updates on, say, Death. Well, Deathloop doesn't matter because they've seen that like a thousand times in the last six months. But like Ghostwire Tokyo, we saw nothing about because it doesn't benefit Microsoft to talk about that game because it's Sony exclusive for like at least a year. True. Yeah, this is this is the first time we've seen a Xbox Bethesda collab handshake conference. And yeah, it was pretty exciting. Like this, this there was a lot of reveals here that I was like, oh, nice. Uh, this is a cool time. And yeah, the production in it was exciting, especially compared to some of the other conferences we have seen. Uh, yeah, but right now we're looking at footage of Outer Worlds 2. Um, and I really like the tone of this reveal. Um, they didn't show like any gameplay, but they were pretty funny about not showing gameplay at all. Um, I, I bounced off of the original, but Elise, I know you have some feelings on this. Do you want to tell us a bit about what you liked in the original game or things you'd like to see in the sequel? I mean, part of it is just that Obsidian is hilarious, you know, and it really comes through in the outer worlds. Like the, the, the whole it takes place in space and corporations have this way too much reign over just how you even function as a human being. Uh, and it's just like joke after joke and they do it really, really well. Um, so I'm assuming that, you know, the, the second game, the sequel will, will hopefully, you know, do those same kind of beats. Um, the other worlds also had really good DLC. Um, I am forgetting the name. Gosh, I'm forgetting the name of the second one, but it <laughs> it's basically this like noir murder mystery and it starts out in this hotel and it's it's really really good and funny and it they're able to really balance um it's like a they're able to like be serious but also have a lot of comedy in there too. And anyway, this trailer was great. This this trailer was so like I mean immediately I was as like I think halfway through before they before the title thing came up, I was like, okay, this has got to be Obsidian, just because it was so mm. self aware and honest. I was just like, mm. also just so silly in the way that they are so good at, at being. Um, so yeah, no, it it was it was hilarious, I, and I, I want more. I do think like it's. I think it's interesting and like this is not a, a big deal or anything. It's just an interesting observation that this game was like the first game was about like corporo fascism and like corporations owning the world. And it was like that's the one thing when it's, you know, an indie game being sort of published by a take two label. It's a totally other thing when it's a big part of a Microsoft conference. Like you literally work for one of the biggest companies in the world. Right. And now you're I mean that's that's that, new. That's the message different than the way it was before. So it wasn't <laughs> like that before. So yeah, you're right. Like Times have changed. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Elise, also the DLC you described sounds so different from the main game. How, like, are they, do you think that they're going to do like some really different tonally stuff in this game as well? I hope so. Like kind of like, I mean, okay. I don't know. I don't know, but I hope so. Yeah. I think that's what worked so well with the outer worlds was even going from planet to planet. They were very distinctly different. 
in the main campaign itself. Um, and there was just like the, the amount of different choices, different endings, different paths that you could take were pretty impressive. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if, uh, if you're just know, listening I, to the I, audio, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. At least I was just going to say that I, I love RPGs that have like so many different paths that you can take. Record so job staying on the so. script, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thanks, if you Natalie. if you're just listening to the audio portion of this podcast, Ren pulled up a photo of someone saying same height um to another person. And I assume so that's So it's was like a it's assuming it's supposed to be like and, same hat. Like yes. the character's like, same hat, we're wearing the same hat. And Ren ended it the same, same height. Yes, that was Imran and and Todd Howard colorized. Um, or LB made it, okay. Oh, nice, thank LB. You, LB. <laughs> yes, thank you, LB. Very I guess good I, I, I guess one thing I wonder is if it's going to be the same crew or not. Like, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> just, I love how she's like, okay, we're going to keep going with this. Hey, I'm being serious. I'm a, I'm a serious gaming games. journalist. It's that <laughs> Game Informer training kicking in of like always like just stay on the message. God, it's true. And also yep. post, guys. It's not my fault. <laughs> we have to talk about this very serious video game. Guys, come on. Very just... serious. No laughing. Allow. No laughing. No. <laughs> um, now yeah, I actually maybe... lost the script. But yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. I... No, see, the, the difference, Elise, is that you went to go work for like a prestigious newspaper and I went to go work for Loudmouths. So like we go in entirely <laughs> different directions. So now I'm just like, I don't know. Who cares what the plan is? Let's just talk, say about whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Okay, I can keep going with the script at least. Go on. <laughs> do uh, do we have uh, any more I, feelings what, on Outer Worlds? Oh yes. What was I gonna say? Um, I was talking about the crew, basically, <laughs> and I hope that it's gonna be the same crew. That's what I want. I want more Parvati. She's the best. I love yeah. her. She was very cool from the start. Remember the little bit I played? I was like, that's a great companion. Yeah. Very cool they character. Do, so they need to add romances. I know I say that yeah. for like you could every be her, game. You could be her wing woman, which was really cute. Yeah, no, I um. want to like date people in the next <laughs> one. Um, I know that I say that for like every game, but it just makes your games better. Just do it. If the option's there and you have really good characters, why not? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this trailer was really fucking funny. Like immediately, like Elise and I were like, this is so funny. Um, and it makes me want to play the outer worlds because i i didn't i totally missed that train i probably won't but it made me want to do it and that's what counts mm-hmm. Sorry, it is definitely great when games can <laughs> can make you do that go back also yeah natalie what you're saying about certain things being added to any game and just working that is good like dating simulator works fishing mini game also works put that in anything i will take a side and just get the rod out and start sitting it really depends the- on fishing mini games like I hate True. fishing mini games. What are you single saying, good one? <laughs> you are lying to yourself. Natalie, wow, that's 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 too far in the other direction. Big the cat, Sonic fishing? Adventure, Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley has Stardew the Valley best fishing mini game. It makes me really anxious. Well, that sounds like a Natalie problem. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a personal problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to the next thing. Uh, let's talk a bit 
about Redfall. Um, oh, hell yeah. Game of E3. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Total so surprise. This game immediately caught my attention because, as you can see on the screen, if you're watching, you can play as a cool black girl who does magic and fights vampire cultists. And that is just sick as hell. Um, and this, this is game- a Latina queen. Let's go. Let's right go. Here. Like, let's go. We won. <sighs> Um, so this we game won. could be described as a Left 4 Dead-like, but I don't really want to put it in that box because it is also open-world co-op, and we haven't really seen any gameplay outside of that really, really cool trailer that uh, you can see on screen. Um, but yeah, it drops next summer, so we have to wait. I'll wait. But it, I don't know. This really got my attention. Uh, how, how do y'all feel well, about this? I'm, I'm like kind of the same. Like, this is like a really cool movie. Like this is a, a neat little short movie, but like, I think from for a tone piece, I'm interested in this game's tone. But I don't like uh, just saying it's another Left for Dead. I'm like, okay, I can picture that, but I don't really really know what this is beyond the fact that like the characters seem cool. Mm-hmm. But they strike that tone really well, at least. Yeah, like it seems that the, it's it seems like it's going to be kind of funny too. Like there are just like little lines. I think at the end, one of the characters is like. What if things go back Edgar to normal? Allen. And someone is like, and someone is like, uh, no, then I'd have to pay off my student loans. So no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Latina like, queen. Hey, same here. <laughs> it, yeah. Um, it seems funny. Me, like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It oh, does. Sorry. Go, go on. for it. Uh, that's all that was my thought it seems funny oh okay um so whenever i get really excited about a game the first thing that i think is like oh please don't let me die before then i don't want to die before red ball comes out that's grim natalie holy shit what are you talking about listen it could happen at any time and i would prefer not to happen until after this game comes out because i'm so excited for it um but i was talking so they're talking in the chat about like funky having an all wait for that badge Natalie Nate said, I'll live for that. Like, I will stay alive for this game. <laughs> I do actually measure my life in those mouses. Like, when I was little, it was like, oh, I need to live until next Saturday because that's when the next Wings Club episode is out. So, like, <laughs> have you, like, had a life What, the hell? what kind of no. trauma have you gone through? No. John in Who the chat, you? my homie. Yes. Um, <laughs> But I was saying, okay, well, I wasn't saying, but I was going to go on to say, I was talking about this with um, a friend, Nathan at uh, Gearbox on Twitter, and I was talking about how, like, like Imran said, this is a tone piece, like, this is just, ultimately, this is a CGI trailer, there's no gameplay shown, like you were saying, Funke, Um, Mm. it just exists to create hype, and so it's like, I'm usually not about, like, falling for that because it's like i don't know what this game looks like in the moment to moment i don't know if it's gonna get canned i don't know if it's gonna happen you know anything can happen like we were just talking i just saw people talking about beyond good and evil too like in these last few days and about that trailer and how that game might not happen um so that's always a worry that i have when i get too excited but my friend was telling me like you're not wrong, but also this is the closest to art that we as marketers get to make. And sometimes it it works in different ways, right? Like if we create this tone piece, then it guides the rest of the development team for the next however many months. Or maybe we got to flip it. Like the development team is handling the tone and then we have to convey it in the trailer. And it's like, yeah, like, did that make sense? I don't know if that no, makes that, sense. No, that's really fascinating. Like I've never... 
really thought about that, like the the marketing PR side of if you make a trailer that is setting the tone, people are that are working on the game are going to refer to that as well as like a piece, a grounding piece of what this media is. That's very cool. Yeah. And I, well, since that this is just like CG trailer and tone based built to pretty much sell us on the world, the story and the characters like it, it very much succeeded in doing that for me. And it sounds like pretty much everyone else on, on this call. Um, so yeah, hopefully the game lives up to that. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, don't I'm, get I'm, but also that game comes what, out. I, I want to see what the gameplay looks like. I mean, yeah. I think this was a cool, you know, uh, like first look, but I still really have no idea yeah. outside of what's written out there that it's like an open world, you know, shooter. Um, so I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, the open world part intrigues me. Like, is it going to be kind of like the Division sort of thing? Or I don't know. Um, I would guess a Borderlands-style thing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Charles pointed um, out that it's by the, the team that made Prey. So, I don't know. I never played that game. but Sure. Prey is very Prey good. Either. And I, I have no doubt this game is good. But, like, I think... And I said this earlier, this is kind of a running thing for Microsoft in its conference is they rely so much on CG. And I think a lot of it is because of the backlash to Halo Infinite of like they don't want to show something until they're 100 percent positive. This is what this game looks like. We are not making like that many more changes to it. This is more or less locked. And I think I bet this game probably could be shown right now. And they just don't want to like take the risk. People go. Why does that look like this? Why can't they make that look better? Yeah. But it's already, been like one bad read, screenshot. It's over. Sorry, yeah, Elise? From what I read on the website, though, just like the little bits of lore sound cool. Like apparently the vampires are from like a, a science experiment that's gone wrong and they are continuing to evolve into different kinds of vampires. And there's like, you know, vampires that are tougher to beat and things like that, depending on what evolution they're at. So I'm just like, ooh, is that going to be kind of like you know, the last of us sort of thing with the, what they did with the zombies where there are different types, depending on what stage they are at in their evolution. That is cool. Like maybe if they go that route. Um, okay. Natalie is making fun of me every time I, no, talk. no, no, not you for once. Not, it's not you for once. Oh, okay. Fan by in the chat is like, how do you fuck science up so bad that you make a vampire? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know that's it's pretty bad uh, but I want to know more I want to know how that happened and yeah the, the world is more. oh man the world is cool what's going to be depending the first on game how much like... they actually depending on how much they actually expand on that lore or not I don't know it could be like an overwatch thing where in the actual game itself there's very little but we'll see yeah Ugh, what's going to be the first that. game that like has a zombie outbreak because of vaccines because you know there's going to be one eventually right <laughs> Stop. You know it's going to be from like some like Polish no, publisher that's like, like this. we're just asking we questions. The game's not really political. I don't political. want to do this. Yeah, take I don't want to do this. Masks game. Um, yeah, but- Nobody make this game. If you are listening, <laughs> do not do what Imran is doing. <laughs> don't make it. Um, yeah, but at least on your point, I, I really do like that element. And also just, it seems like a nice fusion of science fiction elements and also uh, fantasy. Like there's magic, there's there's robots as well. I like it kind of like meshing all of that tech together to make something that is very unique. And yeah, I, if you're listening to the audio, please check out this trailer. The, the vampire zombie things are like... They got some long ass arms. They're floating and shit like flame hair. It is very cool designs. 
Uh, Ren says that woman is just a wizard. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, wizards. She looks like Syndrome from The Incredibles. Yeah. Oh. And and it's also just great to see this (laughs) roster. Like, it made me so happy to see this cast of characters, to see, like, how wonderful her hair is animated. That's something that, like, companies struggle to get right to this or, day they yeah mess here, here's hoping it's as good in the actual game since it's just mm-hmm. yeah. right but right, for, for, right i agree with you though yeah yeah and i'm just saying just like it's it's a really great diverse roster and i i like seeing that like if i'm gonna get you know this kind of game anyway i might as well you know get one with a really cool roster of really interesting cast members um like, I like the lore that they've put on the website already. Like you said, Elise, I, I wonder how that will manifest into the actual game. But, like, I don't know. Like, the difference... Like, I'm thinking about how Overwatch's lore has resonated or failed to resonate after several years. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. about Dead by Daylight. Like, the lore for those characters is not in the moment-to-moment gameplay. But people eat that shit up. Oh, like, yeah, they Like, they do. spend so yeah. much time working on the lore because they know that fans actually care about that lore. And it's not really present in the moment-to-moment gameplay. So I wonder... Which is I wonder fine. what the difference between... Yeah, and it's like, I mm-hmm. wonder what the main difference between Overwatch and Dead by Daylight are in terms of like how they've handled the lore even though neither series or game has the lore in the actual gameplay and I wonder like what that crucial difference is and if this game will strike it really well. And I don't well. think it has to be in the moment to moment gameplay either. Like I don't yeah. like I don't need that necessarily um if this isn't going to be like a you know a story heavy game. But if it exists, like, in character bios or, you know, whether that's, you know, in entries in the actual, you know, in the actual game or uh, otherwise, like, just official lore somewhere. Like, I guess for me personally, like, what gets me excited about a game when I first hear about, like, an announcement is its world. It's, you know, am I interested in spending time in that world? And I look at this and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to spend time in this world. Well, even though it looks... (laughs) saying it like that is like i don't want to live there because it looks absolutely chaotic but like yeah. i want to experience it with with friends it looks fun <laughs> mm-hmm. like this I hear is that a game too. that i'm like oh i should get an xbox like i'm gonna have to get one you should right? get an yeah. xbox. like it's like you have to. like the rest of together oh yeah yeah which is like a key thing is- like like they, Phil Spencer did say, like Starfield, this game is exclusive to the Xbox consoles. He is basically, they have, he's not directly said, yeah, every Bethesda game is to be exclusive to Xbox, but he's basically saying that at this point, which like, mm-hmm. you still get people, I saw on Twitter, like, does this mean Elder Scrolls is going to be exclusive too? Like, yes, it means all of this stuff will be exclusive. Good God. They're not but making it worse. Of you can play on PC. You can still play yeah. on this. Everything that goes to Xbox goes on PC, so. Because that's the thing mm. that I was going to say, like a lot of these, it's like, oh, available on Game Pass. And then you got to kind of have to wait to see if by Game Pass, they mean like Game Pass on the Xbox or like Game Pass on PC or both. But it's like this one, I think it's just Xbox console exclusive. So it's like, oh, there's there's one game that I'm really excited for and that I'm going to have to get an Xbox if I want to play yeah. it. And I'm it feels like it's trending console. more towards that like xbox exclusive so i think we might have to bite the bullet soon and get xboxes um, i just realized what this trailer actually reminds me of 
It reminds me of the season two finale of Castlevania, of that big vampire oh, fight in the ah, castle. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm just watching it right now. I'm on episode two. <laughs> really? Fuck <laughs> you're, you're starting that right now. I just anyway, started, I I'm never going to watch it. So I haven't so started. Fun cake just they fight vampires. <laughs> big spoiler, but it's a lot like this trailer. <laughs> Done. <laughs> We're good. Fuck it, you can come We're back good, now. We're good, fuck Oh no, we can't. Oh, now we can't hear you. You somehow muted yourself. Yes, um, no, it's a good show. I I didn't want to. I don't want to miss that on. I think I like the idea of Funky. Like I can't hear this, so he mutes his microphone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They were just like, nope, I'm out. (laughs) I gotta tap out. No, but back on the lore um, of the game, I yeah, I play a lot of games where it it isn't lore isn't like a moment to moment thing, like league of legends and Valorant. Like it, there's a backlog of a lot of short stories and, and character logs and different comics they've made. And I think that's a tricky balance to land. And I, I think most people don't hit that well. Like I, I would honestly prefer if this was more on the, on, on rails than open world, because these characters already from this, this short CGI trailer seem very fun. And I would love to see more of that. I, I hope it's not just like, quips 24 7 of like oh this is what this character says let's do a quip let's do a quip let's do a quip while i'm like looting each spot because that would like completely leave a sour taste in my mouth for a game like this um what do you, yeah, we don't what do you really think of the name the name yeah because i know people thought redfall was going to be like actually elder scrolls 6 because they saw the the copyright before well, it's a place I, redfall massachusetts apparently yeah I saw people mm-hmm. saying they preferred the name, like, because at the end of the trailer it says Bite Back, which I actually, I think that's act- would have been actually a pretty good name for this. Oh, that would have been awesome. What? That's way cooler. Bite Back. <laughs> but that's I'm also mad. BB. That's so much punchier. Back for Blood also is BB. Maybe they wanted to separate themselves. Yeah. Be there. But Red Fall kind of sounds like it's fantasy mice fighting, like Red Wall. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I think of the. It sounds like a fantasy game, right? Yeah. It sounds like a like Dragon Age Redfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it is. It is borrowing elements from fa- fantasy as well. Like there's there's magic. There's different kinds of powers going yeah. on. Maybe we'll see how that how that relates to the name. Wait, is that um, how y'all say it over there in Canada? Borrowing. What? You what are you <laughs> oh my god! I can see wow. where she hears the difference, but unlike when you guys say "sorry," like I don't hear it when you guys actively say it. I How actually, say sorry? I wore this call. We got pants. Sorry. They say sorry. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. American. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Funky doesn't live here. At least you should at least like have like. Picked up enough of how we say I'm it so far. I'm Canadian. I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> there you go. You correct. That was fine. <laughs> borrowing, borrowing. I do. I um, have actually kind of picked up on it, though. I, I switched between the two. And then I went back home and I was just like, oh, wow. My dad says, it's like, sorry, weird. So, yeah. That was weird. You said it the American I was like, oh, no, now. what happened to me? I, 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 Like I said, I flipped between the two. But I true, always true. say pasta. <laughs> no, pass is the one I'll just be like, I I will also make fun of that if Natalie does not get to it first. <laughs> Which she did. Um I always get there first, yeah. Also, what's that uh, that um game from Ubisoft that they announced? What is it? Like 
Mario. <laughs> and Rapid. Oh, no, don't make me say that. Don't make me say that. <laughs> um, yeah, let's um, move on from pasta and talk about plagues. Um, Plague Tale sequel. I, I know we, we don't have to stay on this for too, too long. Um, but yeah, the, there was a pool of rats that reminded me so much of that, like, blood elevator scene in, in The Shining, like, swooshing down and stuff. Very interesting yeah. trailer uh, that made me want to check out the original Plague Tale. You I should. mean, it's, it's you disgusting should. to see rats move <laughs> with such unison and such, like, <laughs> such a massive volume Absolutely of them. Absolutely disgusting running at you. trailer. <laughs> it's gross. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious about this world now. And like Natalie said about a previous trailer, like, if a game is getting me interested in in even playing the first one, that's exciting. Um, so I can kind of like get prepared for the next one. But have well, y'all played you know what? Plague Tale at all? Or yeah, it's I it is on it. Game Pass. You you okay. should play it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I watched it. It is it is very heart wrenching. Honestly, like it's a okay. surprisingly emotional game. It starts hmm. off like already like from the first like ten minutes, it's heart wrenching. But it's yes. really good. It's really good. Um, and I really like the characters. It's like a, a sister and a little brother. Um, and I, the rats, too, are just like... I mean, you guys... The, the Shining the shining reference is actually a really good reference. Because, like, like the blood, it's very overwhelming. And they can just kind of mm-hmm. overtake you at a moment's notice. Yes. And uh, this is a sequel. It's good. So, yeah. Sorry, this is uh, the rat wave is like an enemy like an enemy you have to yes. fight or yeah it's um oh, shockingly the, the, the funky in a game the called are, a plague are, tale <laughs> Stop, they're a prominent gross. enemy that that like swarms you like flies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so like, like worse because it's like a tsunami of them and they yeah. squeak while they're doing it and it's real gross uh you the know what i said about checking really out this good. game yeah <laughs> Like, I, I know we're trying to not sell you on this game, Funke, but, like, it's a yeah. good game and you should play it. It's very heartfelt, very well written. Like, it's also, it was really gorgeous. I'm very eager to see, like, what a sequel on Series X looks like. Mm-hmm. What, what would you guys like to see in a sequel of this? Um, That's a good question because I never really thought about having having yeah. it be a sequel. It was very self contained, honestly. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't. It's one of those games where I'm like, this doesn't really need a sequel. So I was surprised to see this announced today. Um, I mean, you know, the thing with Focus Home Interactive, especially, is their games can be really good but really rough around the edges. And I would say that mm-hmm. that's absolutely the case for for the first game too. Like, it's it's a yeah. good game, but it could control better. It could be more fluid. Like, it could just run better. So I, I think I, I'm hoping the sequel kind of checks those boxes for me. Perfect. Perfect. Um, we don't have too, too much time left on this nightly podcast. So I'm kind of going to go through a few things that really stood out to all of us during these conferences and yeah, just do some quick thoughts. Um, next one is replaced, which was also at Xbox and Bethesda. Um this game is my shit. I, I love the 2.5 design of it where um, you can see buildings or billboards in the background and, and people like wading through a wasteland in the foreground while your character is kind of just like making their way through the middle. Um, we don't know too much about it, but it's a platformer and the camera emits like 
a very cool handheld feeling at points and does some like Dutch tilting while they're fighting that just makes me hype. Like this game is very stylistically tight and I just want to mm. see more of it. This is the first time I've seen did it. You get, did you get a Katana Zero vibe from it too? Because I did. I did! Like when he was get jumping it, outside yeah. the motel, which one of my favorite games, Katana Zero, play that shit if you have not so played that shit. Good. So Aces. good. So good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, like the thing that was cool this. about Katana Zero, though, it had that like very distinct gameplay mechanic of like rewinding time. So mm-hmm. I wonder if there's something similar here because like the combat just felt so good. Like it felt it felt good. The yes. combat yeah. felt like little puzzles with every level level that you would go to. So mm-hmm. here, when I'm looking um, at this new game, it's just like okay, it looks cool, but. That's all that is so far. Is like it, it stylistically reminds me of Katana Zero, but I don't know much beyond that. Yeah, I it it seems to be like I mean we're we don't have too too much, but I know there's a, a robot. I was reading a little write up on this, but the, the protagonist is like a robot or something in this futuristic post apocalyptic world. They could do a lot with that, so I'm excited. And Wait. yeah, this was just a teaser. Yeah, so it's Blade Runner. Like that's what this is. <laughs> it it yeah, yes, heavy blade blade runner vibes, yes. Um it does. I think not as far into the future. At least from what I've seen here, it looks pr- like I don't know, closer to our society than Blade Runners, but yeah, that uh that's a touchstone, definitely looks like. Hmm. Um moving on, we got Psychonauts 2. Um, yeah. which is Yay. the sequel to, sorry, my cat is jumping up on my bed. Hello. Um, <laughs> the, this, <laughs> the sequel to 2005's Psychonauts, it's, it's dropping this August. Uh, I haven't played it, but I know many, many folks, including Fanbyte's own Daniel Riendo are quite excited about it. Will y'all be checking this mm. out? Oh my God. As I am, yeah. I have been so excited about Psychonauts too. So like this, hey. this has been an anticipated game for me for like years. Um, and it's I, been 16 yeah. years since the original. Yeah. The, so I did a I, demo a few, a few years ago with Tim Schafer on this game. He's playing a level that was like, like a dental horror level where like teeth were coming too. out of things. That's the one I saw Yeah. Too. And like, I saw the same demo. So there's a part of, there's a part of that demo where like teeth, there's two rows of teeth. Like you would see in a mouth and Tim Schafer goes, don't worry, nothing bad's going to happen here. And the mouth opens vertically and like makes a weird gross creaking sound. And he just starts laughing. He's like, man, that's fucked up. And I'm like, yeah, that's basically what I'm expecting for the rest of this game. It's just, that's really <laughs> fucked up. Oh no. Yeah, like, so it's a lot I of body to... horror? Or... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Elise. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about body horror, but like it's, the thing that about Psychonauts is it's mind bending. Like that's the the yes. best thing about the f- the first game was just how freaking weird those levels were. Were like, do you remember the Milkman section? Yeah, at Imran by any chance? Like, it, it's hard to like it's hard to even articulate it. But it's just a bunch of super weird stuff over and over again. Like there's another. It's been a long time since I played, but there's one where I think. It's just like underwater, and I think you play as the the giant fish, or you're in, you're inside a giant fish. I think. Yeah. Mm. And and anyway, there's just like it's one thing to the next. It's just you you really can never expect where it's going to take you. Um, and I see that kind of really interesting level design is coming back. 
Um, and also it's just, it's such a weird world. Raz is this kid who goes to summer camp for psychics. Uh, <laughs> that's the first game. <laughs> and he's now graduated from summer yeah, now camp. Now he's an adult uh, secret agent. And he's basically joining the kind of like FBI sort of psychic level. Uh, and, and he's an intern. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's all just really funny stuff. Tim Schafer, I played like, I have played all his games for a long time now. Um, Grim Fandango. And, um, and it's just like every, with every single one, it's just, I'm always there for it. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's super funny and it, it's just, it's my thing. I dig it. Yeah. Do, do you recommend folks very check out the first? Yeah, August. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I I don't know if it's a necessary game to play in order to understand what's going on in the second. I, I don't know. But I, I'd argue I maybe think, Psychonauts 1 hasn't aged super well. Like, maybe play a little it, bit. It but. hasn't. It hasn't. I, I, I did go back to it like a year and a half ago, I want to say. Um, and yes, it does not... The controls are not great, to say yeah. the least. Um, but the story is really good. If anything, watch a Let's Play or something. Got you, got you. Okay, moving on from this. Uh, vroom, 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 irks. Uh, I can't drive, but boy, does Forza Horizon look cool. Um, I like how they're leaning into some some very goofy things with this game. Like uh, at the end of the trailer for that, they showed bowling with trucks and trampolines with cars like that's that's some fun mm-hmm. fun stuff and we definitely need more of that are are y'all ready to race i have to ask i'm down I've for this game a like racing game in my life and I'm, I never will. I'm not gonna but play i just this. think <laughs> i just think it's so fucking funny that the racing car game is doing better about Latin representation their far cry sex i just think it's really boop, funny. Boop, boop, boop. Well, let them know crucially Natalie, they got actual Mexican people to voice act in their game in Mexico. Right. You know, that that's certainly an important that thing. That would do to get, it. Right. Interesting <laughs> choice to make. It would be make. very sad if if, you know, you casted someone who wasn't Latin for a role like Sean Carlos Posita or something and <laughs> <laughs> just a random yeah. thing going out there. That's wow. just me. That's just Super me, strange. You know? I put Far Cry 6 on this and then I took it off um because we've seen that game too much I think already uh mm. yeah but uh, any any more car thoughts before we vroom on uh, I think this game looks good I'll I'll play it it's cool to finally see what Series X games look like because I don't think we've actually really seen that yet so far from Microsoft at least mm-hmm I just think this trailer is really funny too because like the cars are like there's a little pers- like personification going on because they're like main characters in this trailer and like there's like close-ups on them. And, like, I just <laughs> yeah. think it's really funny. I love hearing people who know how a car works talk about games like this because I'm like, oh wow, <laughs> like that. Like I was talking to I think Nikki and Paul and I, I was talking about like the car fins or whatever the gills that they pushed up. Yeah, and they're like, oh yeah, that's good for the pull. Like when you're when you're driving, like that's good. For, no, playing like, this game, they're true. like, they're like, oh, well, this engine is going to be a little bit better for driving off road, but this one I think is going to have like much or much better traction when going uphill. And I'm like, this car's blue. I like blue. <laughs> yeah. Does this one have the juice that makes it go fast? Like, <laughs> I I need to know that. It goes new. Car goes new. It does go new. 
Um, you know what else goes new? Master Chief, when he flies down from the sky and crashes onto any planet he goes onto. Um, that's right, folks. We saw more Halo today. We finally got to see the full title, which is Halo Infinite. Finish the fight for real this time. We promise it'll be over after this one. Brackets. I know we've said this before. Brackets. <laughs> um, yeah, we saw a little bit of single player gameplay uh, of everyone's favorite Spartan throwing a bunch of space carcasses and talking to a little robot that told us that Cortana is dead. Uh, we also saw a whole bunch of multiplayer stuff, which looks great in his free to play on Xbox and PC, which was surprising to me. I don't know if that was information. No, they announced it originally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I was just shocked that it's like actually (laughs) happening. It looks that pretty. I don't know. I I think that's going to do wonders for that one. Um, Are y'all into the halo? Halo zone. I like, no, I kind of noticed that they didn't show campaign footage. Cause like we still haven't seen that since that initial showing where they had to like delay the game right after. So again, maybe they're just like very cautious about that game now. But they did show a cutscene, and they did say, as he, Master Chief did put another AI in his head because he doesn't learn any lessons at all. He is that guy that like <laughs> you see make the same same relationship mistakes over and over and over again. And you're like, bro, just come on, you know exactly what's happening. You've got to stop, but he's not stopping. So like, it'll be different this time. It's a different robot. <laughs> she understands me for real. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I'm excited. I saw the grappling hook in action. I was like, okay, you got me. I'm I'm a sucker for Halo, so I'm I'm probably gonna play this with some friends because the campaigns just really hit. Um, especially on Legendary, just getting blasted all the time and being like, okay, how do I actually move through these stages? Um, yeah, I, I it looks nice. Uh, there was no Craig in this one, who I think a lot yeah. of people wanted to see. Um, but he's not. He's he's dead or something. We don't know. Uh, and and this is also going to be one of the games that is going on Game Pass at launch, which right another everything Microsoft will go Game Pass day one, which is like they're also seemingly making deals with a bunch of third parties to also put games on Game Pass day one. So like this entire show was like if you're subscribed to Game Pass, holy shit, this is Christmas. You got you're mm-hmm. looking at a bunch of games over the next six months to a yeah. year that are just going to be immediately on, loaded onto your system. Yeah, I, I we should talk a bit about the Game Pass takeover before we leave, but it is already like a very, very good bang for your buck for like the regular consumer to pay that. I think the first thing is only like a dollar a month to just get onto it. But yeah, it with all of the titles they're adding, it doesn't really make sense to play Xbox games without having Game Pass, it seems like, going on to the future. Um, how do y'all feel about Game Pass as a concept? I think it's great. I- I mean, I think it's, it's fantastic. It's one of yeah. the best bets we've seen for Microsoft in a, in a long time, I think, you know, and it's paying off. It's basically the Netflix of games. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I see no reason to not get Game Pass. It's just mm-hmm. like, I think, it's full of great games and it's growing. Yeah, I think without Game Pass, this this conference honestly might have been like kind of a bust. But like with mm. they did a very good job of like saying, hey, we're not so concerned. Like in a different year, like compare let's like let's say an alternate universe Sony is also at this conference. They they would be like, Well, where's Microsoft's God of War? But they don't have to show their God of War because what they're showing is like we've got a pretty diverse lineup and like any day you come log on to your Xbox and check out Game Pass, you're gonna have something different to play. And that's a incredibly compelling argument. Mm-hmm. 
Right. I mean, the great thing um, is, is it, it's a great way to try games out, you know, because you can be like, yeah. oh, I don't want to spend money on this because I'm not sure how it is. Like, you can, you know, if you if you are a Game Pass subscriber, you can just log on, download it, see, and you there's no loss if you don't like it. That's what I especially like, this like fu- about this it. Is, fuzzy animals, especially like, if I'm thinking thing, of buying something yeah. on another platform, is it's yeah. like it's almost like my trial period thing where I'm just like, let me at least check it out on Game Pass. If I like it, then I'll get it on PC, kind of thing. Yeah, like this this thing we're watching right now that like Ren Show and like this fuzzy animals game, that just looks like a straight up rip off of Gang Beast. But also, who cares? It's on Game Pass. I'll either download it or yeah. I won't. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's that's the argument. It's definitely it's on Game Pass, so why not? I think I think the one thing I'm worried about is that Netflixification of it, because you did say it's like Netflix, and that's true, but Netflix also got people off of like physical copies and got people more onto the streaming, and then they raised their prices like slowly, slowly, intermittently over years. Like they got to a price mm-hmm. where right now when I look at Netflix price, I'm like, you make me paying that much for movies? These movies aren't even that good. Like I don't know. <laughs> like I I just don't want to see lost Game Pass go down that route. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah but the, you know, the it's issue not, with having it's not as as good as it was. Yeah, there's a more streaming yeah. now. There's like so many streaming platforms. You know, you got. Disney Plus and Hulu and everything, you can just, you don't need yeah. Netflix anymore. And for a lot of people, there's there's not enough compelling content still on Netflix, I mean, or at least that's ex- only exclusive to Netflix. But It's inevitable I, I, that I that'll happen is, with but, Microsoft. Like, yeah. at some point, Game Pass will have competitors. It'll also be just, like, probably be too expensive for Microsoft to maintain the way they do now. But, like, right now, it's it's working out pretty well for, like, both them and consumers so like like uh i honestly the trailer that we're looking at right now reminded me yakuza 7's on that thing now yakuza 7 came out late last year it's crazy that like that game is just now if you have game pass you can just play what is a very good rpg mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's very cool natalie mm-hmm. do you have any feels on this one yeah i mean game pass has ultimately really changed my opinion on Xbox overall. I think other factors contribute to this, obviously, but for me, Game Pass is just, like, I can keep thinking about... It's not just, like... Like, because a lot of the times we talk about, like, impact over numbers and the importance of impact and, you know, not just, like, reducing everything to numbers, but this has so much impact as well. Like, I'm thinking about how, like the kids of today um, have this and are able to play games with a freedom that I didn't have and that none of us really had before this. Like we had Mm -hmm. Blockbuster and that was a good, that was a great way for a lot of, especially low income kids to get into video games. Like that is why I was able to get into video games. Um, But this is even better than Blockbuster was. And so I'm just kind of, it's impossible to measure this kind of thing, even if there were dedicated, you know, case studies and all that. But like, just thinking about how Game Pass is really just making gaming so accessible for so many kids that might not otherwise be able to play video games or like play them consistently and reliably. I think that's amazing. And we can't measure how that's going to impact the industry, but we're going to see a lot more different people from all walks of life especially from low-income backgrounds coming into the industry you know creating games working in the workforce and just have playing a part in the video games that we're going to see in the future and I think that is 
that is the most exciting thing out of anything. But uh, everything else about Game Pass is exciting on its own. So, I mean, it's it's great. And I, I do wonder, because, like, for sure there's going to be competitors. But I do wonder, yeah. like, Microsoft's resources are kind of... It's hard to match up to them, so I wonder how those competitors. They have a lot of money. Yeah, it'll be. I think it's worth noting come, that, like, come later. By by the data, it seems like Game Pass is actually like helping sales of games. Things that are about <laughs> yes. to leave Game Pass tend to sell better than they do in like usually normal sales for games. Like yeah. that's yeah. actual access. Like when we're talking about accessibility Seriously. and all the imports, like that is real access. That's getting indie developers, you know, to get the attention that they might not otherwise have. That's, you know, mm-hmm. getting again low income kids and people from all ages um, playing these video games and it is a I super accessible a price point, yeah, as well. Yeah. And there's so many titles on there. Um, I want to talk about a couple more games before we wrap up. One last one from the Xbox show, Atomic Heart. Let's go! This one, probably my favorite one of, of the show, but you oh, could literally wow. put... Yeah, you could literally put... Uh, well, I will get to it right now. You could literally <laughs> okay. put Russian pop over any game and i would love that shit first of all i'll get that out of the way um but this has all of the elements of a bioshock but it isn't trapped in rapture or columbia or bioshock's flawed writing issues like the the traps they kind of the pitfalls they get themselves into so it has the ability to tell a really cool story in a completely different world um and yeah the, the powers look tantalizing the like dystopian surrealist enemies are sick as hell. I I just can't wait to see more about what this game is about. Cause I remember seeing a bit about it, like was it a year or two ago and very little, but like even this teaser, I was like, Oh, I want to see more. Um, Yeah. This was my, this was my introduction to, uh, to atomic cart. And as the introduction, I I feel like it was kind of hard to follow. I was like, I don't exactly know what's happening in this trailer. There was a lot going on at once. Um, but I will say the soundtrack sounded cool. The powers seemed <laughs> cool. Uh, but I did feel like, I was like, whoa, there's so much going on and it's so fast. Um, I, I did like the grandma with the ladle, though. I want to know more about yeah. her. What's her deal? <laughs> She's but, uh, so, like, I also felt I, the same. I, like, I didn't know what was going on, but that lady with the short hair, and she's hot, and that's all that I care about. Okay, you can go in <laughs> I uh I I, you were I figured this game title looked <laughs> the, the I heard this game's name and I was like this sounds really familiar so I went and looked it up and it was like a couple of years ago there was a lot of stuff there was like a Russian Telegram newspaper that was like yeah this game's in a lot of trouble like this is in development Ooh. hell like not, nothing is going right a lot of what they're showing is not actually what's in this game so I kind of wonder like. Did Microsoft take this on and set them straight? Or are they still huh. like, is this going to end up like a bright memory kind of thing where like it's a big centerpiece for Xbox, but then the actual game isn't like what people oh, expected? No. So I don't want to burst anyone's bubble, but I'm hoping that it's better than what was reported a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's good to oh, know. You yeah, ruined Funke's day. Funke was so excited. What did you do? It it could be great still. It just I had to like I knew it sounded familiar, and I looked it up. I was like, oh, this. Hopefully, this trailer is indicative of a new direction. I I would for Funke. 
Please send all your Fs in the live Twitch chat. But yeah, I mean, I, I would love to know if there's issues about something so I can kind of slow down my expectations. But yeah, right now I'm just excited because, yeah, I think a, a summer ago I played through all of the games and did a limited run podcast with Ty from Uppercut Crit. Shout out Ty. Um, but yeah, just the type of game that Bioshock is like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't really see too many games go down that path so like this seems very very close to it and i just want to see what they do with it especially in a completely different world that isn't doesn't seem trapped in the american like capitalism is bad but then not really talking about capitalism or anything really just like using the aesthetics of it um this is completely free of that so yeah i i'm hyped to see that in action but funke both sides are bad i'm very smart (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Both sides are bad. Yes, um, that that is a great point. Um, shout out Bioshock, snapping my fingers. <laughs> but yeah, that was Xbox. Xbox Bethesda show was pretty fire. Uh, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I I enjoyed it a lot out of I the did. conferences I saw. Um, it was very it was good. A, it was a tight it was one. Very good. Yeah, it's the best Lots one. Of stuff I think it's I'm probably excited about. Yeah, it's probably the best show we've seen so far. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, now from the future game show, uh, the last game we're going to be talking about for today, Immortality, a new game from Sam Barlow and Half Mermaid Studios. What are thoughts yeah. on this? Really short so teaser, excited. but looks interesting. And I've heard this game tease for a while. It's such I, a is this another there, like teaser? All of us put it on the... It works. Sorry. Yeah. So is it, is it like a... All of us put it on the dock. <laughs> Is it like a, um, what do you call it? A, another FMV? Like the oh, same yeah. thing he's been it's, making for the last couple of games. Or actually, okay. I don't know if that's I mean, confirmed. I don't, I don't know if that's confirmed, but. Not confirmed, I hope but so. it's supposed to be like what his style is. You know. Sam Barlow, of course, like he did with Telling of Lies, once again said it's going to be even more ambitious. And to be fair, Telling Lies was way more ambitious than her story was. Like, I, that, I, I understand. I Have we that's, all played? I don't know if we've all played Telling Lies, but. I have, yeah. I only played her story. I I get that's his thing now, but like, I really like Shattered Memories, and I wish he'd make another game like that. What was Shattered Memories again? I can't remember. The Silent Hill game. It was the oh, it was the Wii Silent Hill game where like, yes, you it had a like a very good plot twist, and also like everything you looked at in the game like factored into the story in some way. So like, if you were staring too long, like, yeah, poster like lewd posters the game would start treating sam as like a lech or a lecher what yeah that is wild or not sam sorry harry (laughs) yeah i i mean sam is i I, sam i love his work like yeah pretty much everything he touches like i will i will play it um but I especially like the fmv style so i i hope that's the same kind of thing here it does seem like a kind of Hollywood mystery of this basically this movie maker goes like missing noir vibes. we're told here I yeah um I don't know I there, there's not a whole lot to go off of but from her story and telling lies especially if I'm getting more more of that I'm going to be very happy <laughs> yes yeah. um okay folks e3 day two is wrapped. Day dose. We made it. Day dose. Sorry. We did it. Oh wow. Night night dose. We're here. Um. Yeah. I I just before we 
wrap wrap i want to know what uh what are we feeling about e3 so far what are we looking forward to over the next couple of days uh any anything any standouts or are we kind of just cruising along hoping to see something exciting i think so far this this thing has kind of sucked uh mm. honestly had they not had an e3 this year it would have been totally fine like i'm i'm kind of just hoping for nintendo to like not really knock my socks off but at least be nice and pleasant please yeah uh, Elise, anything? Mm, I wonder if we'll see more Breath of the Wild 2 at Nintendo. But I Fingers don't know, crossed. Honestly. I don't yeah, know. I remember I, the last. I'm, I'm fine. I'm also fine with them not knocking my socks off. Mm-hmm. Natalie? Yeah, it's, it's been kind of sucky. Um, Microsoft was <laughs> fun. Square Enix sucked. Um, Nintendo will be nice, but like, I don't, I'm not like super huge on Nintendo's like main IPs. So it'll be nice to watch and like it'll be pleasant and it won't be harmful, but it also won't wow me. Um, yeah, this year has kind of been a bust. And it's been mm-hmm. unnecessarily complicated. Also, I totally it's- keep forgetting and remembering that the E3 exhibitor hall is a thing. Like, I keep what getting... What is that? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I is that the thing we signed up for? And we got yeah. the passes for? Like, Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I haven't done anything like, with that. Nobody I have, like, not gone back to that portal. Nobody I made my. I don't need so it. funny. I made my character and left pretty much, but yeah, so. I'll try to check yeah. that out again, see if there's anything interesting. <laughs> but I, I feel that same energy, folks. Like it's been very busy, but also not as exciting. Um, like I, I don't know, it just feel like a very quarantine ass E3, and they could have, I, I don't know, spaced it out or done reveals on their own time that were a bit more exciting, maybe. Um, but yeah, I feel like these companies had the pressure to throw conferences and, and press conferences like during this time because it's such a thing that people do of tradition like around this time but you know we we can adapt and do things differently tbh but hopefully yeah, yeah nintendo picks picks it up and i have the highest hopes for nintendo i know they're not going to satisfy that for me but you know what i'll i'll be there on stream you can check that out along with all of our other hot game summer coverage for the rest of this week and I think pretty much next week too, because the stuff is still trickling in through then. But I wanted to say thank you to all of y'all on call for talking through on, on this night dose. Shout out Imran, shout out Natalie, shout out Lise. Um, Yeah. Y'all are (laughs) y'all. Yeah. Um, Also shout out to our two producers on this one, Paul and Ren legends. Like I, I thank you so much for making this run. So, so smooth. Uh, Very great time. Um, yeah, folks. And thank you uh, to the chat stay tuned. for hanging out with us. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very nice Thanks to see all y'all talking and having a fun time. It is Funky, a good chill. Where can uh, people find you? You can find me on Twitter, um, the hell site, at FunkeFly, F-U-N-K-E-F-L-Y. Um, I think we have tags for everyone in chat uh, to to get everyone's Twitters as well. Um, but what, Actually, what is mine's different now. Mine is no chaos way. at chaos.chaos. <laughs> okay follow imran um natalie what's your twitter um hardy miesa heart i am ecia on twitter perfect and Elise, what's your twitter 
at Elise Favis, which is just my full name, E-L-I-S-E-F-A-V-I-S. Hell yeah. Folks, we're wrapping down, but yeah, thank you again for chilling. This was an awesome time and good to just like talk about E3 and kind of feel a bit removed from it because it feels like it's always going on 24-7, but this felt like a good kind of wrap up. It, it was good for my mind to kind of just take a chill talk with y'all. Um, yeah, folks, stay tuned for the rest of our coverage for all throughout the next weeks and have a good night. 